What is recovery? It's stepping outside of your comfort zone, you know, and like public speaking, hopping in the ring and being an announcer, doing poetry. Like these are all like unorthodox things that when you tell somebody their own fears, they're projecting on you. And for how long did we sit in like that cage thinking that we weren't good enough, that we weren't capable of anything? We didn't deserve any better of a life. You know, like I was on a suicide mission every day. Like I didn't want to live because I didn't think I was worth it. At one point, I didn't think anybody loved me because of the wreckage that I caused. And I don't like facing my wreckage. I don't like at that time when I was using and I'd hurt my family, I'd hurt a friend. I don't ever want to face them. I want to run, fight or flight. Let me take off because I don't want to deal with the repercussions of what I caused. Knocking doors down. Your host, Jason, here with you. My guest on this episode, Matt Gannam. Do me a favor. Please hit subscribe on whatever platform that you're enjoying on. Spotify, Apple Podcast. And please share these episodes with someone that you think might just need to hear some of the knowledge that the guests share here on the podcast in the conversations that we have. Do me a favor, help knocking doors down grow. Share with someone else that you think can get value out of these podcasts. Why did I want to talk to Matt? Well, he's returning for a second time, but I want to talk to someone that works in the addiction recovery field and some of the things they're seeing post-COVID that are some really big concerns for the recovery community. Plus, I want to touch on the transformations that Matt's been making with his life since it's been a couple of years and pick Matt's brain about getting to that next level in my own recovery and so many other things that are insightful that might help you turn your life around. And that's what Knocking Doors Down is all about. Before we get to Matt Gannam, I've got to thank 5150. 5150 is about having the power to overcome, to persevere, the power to set your life on a course to success. And right now, you can get 20% off when you go to 5150ltm.com. Use the code KDD20. That's KDD20. 20% off. Check out all the swag, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, all the gear that you want and get 20% off because we couldn't do knocking doors down without 5150. Here's my guest, Matt Gannum, Aftermath Treatment, coming back on the pod. How's it going, my brother? It's going pretty good, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. Of course, Matt, this uh, second time here on the pod, if you want to hear Matt's story, go back through the archives. Um, I mean, just is it, you're one of those people. The reason I want to talk to you again, because uh, death was, was imminent. Mm-hmm. But but now where I'm like really actively working my sobriety because yep. it's doing a pretty go- good job the first time we met. But I got that mm-hmm. arrogant streak in me like I'm OK. And, and yeah. I ended up falling off. So it's, yep. uh, it's almost 17 months ago. I really want to dig in with you on on signs of substance abuse because you were young when you were hitting it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe to help the listener see for a significant other that, uh, hey, these are some yeah. warnings, man. These are the things that pop up. Yeah. So one of the I, I mean, for me, a lot of it started with like behaviors um, in class, class clown, trying to get attention, you know the insecurities and stuff that, that I had inside the fear of acceptance, the fear that people don't like me, that I would do over the top things to try to gain, you know, whether it was laughs, smiling on, you know, just something I was trying to, to gain from a young age, getting in trouble, um, you know, fighting. There were, there were just a lot of like, you know, certain behaviors, even before I picked up a drug that, that, you know, 
that you can spot for like a kid. It's a little harder for like relationships because I was like so fucked up most of my <laughs> that like you know I think when I was getting high, I mean I don't know I was getting girls that that didn't get high to drive me to do stick ups and I I don't know I was in I was in some uh, in some shit when I was using yeah but um but the obsession and the compulsiveness uh, of, of a child, which like as a parent now, like I see in my kids, I see in electronics, you know, like you take your phone or, or a tablet away from your child and they have like a meltdown. <laughs> it's like taking a bag of dope away from me. Like I'm going to flip out, you know? Um, but that's what it was like for like, I would do things to, to the max, you know, sure. when I was playing sports, it was like, I was the last kid to leave the court after playing all night baseball you know i throw in, i throw a ball into my arm was throbbing because i wanted to get better and i wanted to be the best in like that competition um you know just to be better than the next person to be the player on whatever team i was on um and i would do everything like over the top um and then i gravitated towards like the troublemakers you know and then to be accepted by troublemakers you have to cause trouble you know right. So I, I was getting suspended in school in fifth grade. I was getting, you know, I don't know. I, I did a bunch of nonsense when I was real young. Like I was like a terrorist child. Like I feel awful because like it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't how my parents really raised me. I mean, they both worked. My father left my mother when I was young, but um, they were both like working class. So like I kind of, you know, it caused trouble on my walk to and from school, stealing from the corner store. Um, you know, for like validation from, from the people around me that like, oh, Matt's crazy. Matt will do crazy things. Or, right. you know, there was a time I was hanging out with all the kids and, uh, they wanted to smoke, they wanted cigarettes and they didn't have any. So I said, all right, watch, I'll go steal smokes from this corner store. And they had like a hot dog stand to the side. So I asked the guy for a hot dog. And when he went to go make it, I ran around the corner, took two cottons of cigarettes and was booting down the streets. I didn't even smoke at the time just to say that I did it to like right. be accepted or whatever, like the, the, you know, just doing dumb things. It reminds and me I, of a, a line from uh, it's fallout boy. Yeah. I like fallout mm-hmm. boy. I'll own it. Uh, I don't oh, yeah. care. I don't care what you think as long as it's about me. Yeah, exactly. And it really is. It's like, we it's just, the truth. Yeah. We just want to fucking build a rep of some kind. Yeah. Okay. As long as it's this, this attention, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting attention and it, it's so screwy. It's funny. You talk about relationships. Like, Hey, I was a king of codependency. You yeah. Know? Yeah. In uh, any gal that maybe had some abandonment issues and wanted to snap to mommy. <laughs> <laughs> trying to fix me. Yeah. You know? I'm going to latch on to any broken, you know, broken part of you. And, and you're going to need me through all that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's that, that, that living for that attention was what I did. You know, my, I went through four high school, so I was constantly getting kicked out. So I wore that like a badge of honor. Right. I sold drugs like, oh, I'm big, bad drug dealer. Like, no, I was getting high the whole time and, you know, being a little, uh, you know, guinea pig for whoever the kids in the neighborhood were were like hey go run these in school and bring us back the money and i used to think i was like some big bad guy stick up kid i got stabbed i used to wear that like a badge on like somebody almost killed me like the rep and uh the longer in sobriety i get the more i look back at like how delusional and 
you know, just the, like my way of thinking was so fucked back, yeah. back when I was using when, you know, the streets, like whatever I was like wrapped up in, um, that I was just like a lost child. Like wish somebody grabbed me at that time and just shook me. Like, you don't need to try to impress other people. And the older I get, the less I care about the opinion of others. Yeah, and, um, especially like putting your story out there and like, you know, like the poetry and, and some of the things that I've done in my recovery in my life, um, you got to let go of, of people's opinions. I remember when I first started telling people, I'm going to try to like chase poetry as a dream. And I come from a neighborhood where you don't, you know, men don't do not that the, shit. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, they're like, what, the, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go do an open mic and I'm going to go recite poetry. And they would laugh at me. You know, like, oh, what Matt's, you know, Matt's on something. But it's kind of that. Don't you think that? And I still struggle with this. This is one of the great reasons I wanted to talk to you is I have these things inside. And I've, I was telling my girlfriend this, like it, mm. it, it, it feels like it wants to escape. And mm. and it's just, you know, I said what when I was drinking, I didn't give a fuck. I would I yeah. would do whatever it was. Yeah, and now, yeah. like I have a conscience and I don't want to be overbearing to people or mm -hmm. whatever it is. But we kind of got to embrace it. We are a little bit nutty. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And, and get the fuck after it. Like, wh mm -hmm. what do you want to do? You know, you look at a, at a guy, whether you whatever you think of him or not, Elon Musk, uh, I, uh, I want to send rockets to space. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do it. You know, you kind of well, gotta be. Well, that's yeah. Everybody give, gave him shit when he said that, thinking like, oh, who? You know, this guy's a lunatic, but he has the the follow through to it. You yeah, know, yeah. And he's, I love Elon. I love everything that 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 guy does. And it's the crazy people that that actually change the world and make a difference. You know what I mean? Like you have to be some level of of, you know, every genius has a touch of insanity. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. Yeah, I, and for me, you know, as a parent as well, uh, father-daughter like yourself, how can I sit and tell my kids, go after it, chase your dreams, if I'm being a hypocrite and I'm not, yeah. you know, yeah. like we got to set that groundwork. No, I know. So like I try to embrace for like my kids, my kids are like wicked creative, both of them. And uh, which I hope is, is part of, you know, me being a poet, them seeing me perform and like some of the things that poetry has brought to like my life, like being on the news and, and being able to travel and, and all like the treatment center and all the stuff that came after it. Um, you know, my son has had a progression where he started doing comic books at a young age. So I was pushing him to, to, to draw comics and he was selling them for a dollar a piece, you know, and then he moved to like animation on YouTube. That's drawing voiceovers, getting friends involved to like voice the characters and have storylines. And then we embraced it. And what's funny is now, so he just turned 14 years old and uh, 
he, he's like into rap, which like I'm like a big rap fan. And uh, I catch him every now and then freestyling to himself. So now when we're walking the dogs, it's like he goes a few lines. I go a few lines and we go back and forth, you know, because like I feel like a lot of times people will tell you not to do something or not to chase your dreams, especially like at younger, you know, a young age. They want you boxed into like, you know, get a job, go to college, get a job, bury yourself in debt. Um, outside the box thinking isn't isn't going to get you anywhere where like. I want to embrace the creativity because I feel like modern day schools kind of destroy that passion that, you know, my, my daughter wants to be a singer, got a karaoke machine and, and try to push her to sing, but she got stage fright. So she has to, uh, she gets too embarrassed around people. That's that. funny. See, I got, I got societal fright. <laughs> it's yeah. like you put me on a stage. I'm fine. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Prop me up there. I'm good. Like I'll do mm -hmm. for, uh, for 5150, their MMA events. I'm good yeah, at, yeah. once I get in the ring and do the announcing. But then mm -hmm. when I get off and people are like, man, you're really good. I'm like, uh, like uh, uh, th okay. thanks. Thanks. Uh, I can't I appreciate talk that. to you. I don't inebriate <laughs> myself anymore to yeah. have that ability, but I'm yeah. working on it. I'm fucking working on it, but that that's and how cool is that that you didn't listen to the naysayers and hear yeah. done that your skill sets and these things that you want to do that your mm -hmm. addiction hindered. You said, "Fuck it." I mean, I I could have been dead. This isn't yeah. gonna kill me, and your exactly. opinion of me isn't gonna kill me. Exactly. Well, it's also part of like recovery. What is recovery? Right. It's stepping outside of your comfort zone, you know, and like public speaking, hopping in the ring and being an announcer, doing poetry. Like these are all like unorthodox things that when you tell somebody their own fears, they're projecting on you. Right. And for how long did we sit in like that cage thinking that we weren't good enough, that we weren't capable of anything. We didn't deserve any better of a life. You know, like I was on a suicide mission every day. Like I didn't want to live because I didn't think I was worth it. I, at yeah. one point, I didn't think anybody loved me because of the wreckage that I caused. And I don't like facing my wreckage. I don't like at that time when I was using and I, I'd hurt my family, I'd hurt a friend. I don't ever want to face them. I want to run, fight a flight. Let me take off because I don't want to deal with the repercussions of what I caused. Yeah. You know, all too well. Whereas, whereas now, like looking at, at some of those outside the box things and the things that that were really uncomfortable for me, especially in the early stages that I was able to grow, you know, into the that where we're at right now like i'm you're in california right now i'm in massachusetts we cross paths somehow and we get to have like a conversation about recovery about life parenting a wide range of things that really stem from me getting clean and then also me like for for my side of it when people were like oh what are you going to do with poetry it's a waste of time like all right i'm going to prove you wrong <laughs> just like when people told me i wasn't going to stay clean or i'd be back in jail or i was going to be a statistic it's like, all right, bet. I'm going to show you and I'm going to, you know, exceed any expectations of the limits that you're going to set off. Well, and it's funny that you brought uh, what you brought up about uh, school. I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. People know mm -hmm. him. And he said, uh, school's really good at building workers. It's not yeah. really good at building the creative entrepreneurial mind nope. and to go after that spirit mm -hmm. and, and pursue what you want to do. So yeah. it's good for the groundwork, but like, hey, parents, and it's nice to, to, to i think one of the things we get out of recovery we get a lot more switched on to shit yeah because we've seen uh, both sides we've seen a lot and like one of the one of the, the i just did um 
an interview that was like from from addict to entrepreneur. And it asked about like some of the the uh, strengths from my drug use, right? And how they've adapted into being a business owner and, and an entrepreneur. And a lot of it's like the risk, the, the risk taking, risk versus reward, um, getting uncomfortable, taking chances. I mean, how for me, so many times I was pushing the limits on on doing whatever I had to do to get high that now I turn that same mentality into success. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for instance, I, I love sports. Um, you see my man, Tom Brady behind me and his autograph. I got a bunch of autographs around my office, around my house. So I go to this like autograph shop and, um, you know, I t- I, I'm pretty to myself when I'm out. I don't really talk much to people, but I ended up getting into a conversation with the guy at the, at the shop. Now he went to school to be an entrepreneur, huh. right? works for somebody, doesn't own his own business. And he in turn tells me, as I shared with him that I, I've taken, you know, I've, I've owned businesses that have failed. I've taken risks that I failed. I haven't gotten discouraged, wiped the dirt off, learned the lesson from it and moved on and used what I learned into the next venture. Um, practical experience is, is what's made me a successful businessman. And he goes and tells me how school hurts him because he's so terrified to take a chance at anything because <laughs> how much, you know, the, just the way they're educated to be an entrepreneur yeah. in a school setting, it's like, it just doesn't teach you compared to like, you know, the successes and failures that, that, that we might've faced. And I think our addiction, you know, you fall in 17 months ago, gives you that drive of like, I can bounce back from anything. Like yeah. I got clean from shooting heroin and homelessness. There's nothing you can put in front of me that I don't think I'm going to be able to get through. Oh, I fall short here. Cool. Cut bait. Move on. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna, you know, I had a pizza shop. I had this great, you know, to talk about businesses. I had a, a the last place I owned uh, 20% of it, bought a couple of sober houses. So I was like, Oh, the guys go through treatment. Then when they graduate treatment, they move to the sober house and this pizza shop came on, you know, the market. I'm like, Oh, it's a great idea to get well job. Yeah. They can't really put drug addicts with cash on hand businesses. (laughs) And though I did it with the best intention at the time, it ended up failing miserably because all I hired was like recovering addicts. And, you know, unfortunately, (laughs) probably should have wiped a bit. Yeah. You go to the register and it'd be a little empty from time to time. (laughs) It's like, you know, it was a bad, it was a bad business decision. Would but like, I'm not going to let it haunt me. It's a, it's a learning lesson. You know, I'll probably never get into the, the food industry ever again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, but I'm willing to take the risk. And, you know, I took it on the chin and moved on, you know. Absolutely. This whole thing of life is a risk and we ain't going to get out alive and we're not going to no. get out with our stuff. You know. Yep. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I want a better gut health more energy and to optimize my immune system. If you're like me, you hate popping pills, taking vitamins, well I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great and I wanted to see what the hype was all about. So what is this stuff? Well with one delicious scoop of AG1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and aptogens to help you start your day right. No matter what your lifestyle is, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 can work for you. 
Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. AG1 costs less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. People that can't see their listen. So you got a skateboard and an autographed album. Yeah. Who's that behind you? So the skateboard is my brother, Brandon Novak. He's a good friend yeah. of mine. Um, you know, recovery advocate, great speaker. He's like a brother to me. Um, you know, I got one of his like personal skateboards, hung it up on the wall. He actually like did it, gave me a couple shout outs and a couple of the books he wrote, which is like, you know, just incredible. Like it's, it's, it's cool that I get to cross paths with some like very interesting people and, and get to hear their story. And we come from like completely different backgrounds, but like the connection is, is you know, that the, the pain we went through the struggle overcoming it and getting clean. It's like, you can really connect with just about, just about anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? In that sense. And then Tom Brady's behind me, even though we don't play for the Patriots anymore. <laughs> I still, you know, God gave me 20 years of greatness <laughs> as a, as a Boston sports fan. That's right. And then over my left shoulder, is another really good friend of mine, uh, Slane. He's an underground hip-hop artist. He's an actor. Um, he actually got clean in Cali. He was in Gone Baby. Uh, not Gone Baby Gone. Was it Gone Baby Gone? Killing Him Softly. Um, he's in like a bunch of movies. Um, played, played a cop in his last one, which was shocking. I forget the name. I forget the name on the spot of it, but he's like a, an extremely talented guy in all aspects as an actor, as a musician. He's like a hardcore underground rapper that um, Boston's not really known for hip hop. Sure. But like one of the things that I respect from him as an artist is that he tried to put other like up and coming hip hop cats on like an album, like the Boston Project. He tried to give them shine because he has, you know, he has like a pretty far reach overseas up the East Coast. And uh, he's in recovery. Is that the so, dude that you were on his track or was it somebody yeah, else? Okay. We, I, I have a track with him and another guy, Rex. Um, okay. Where we, we're talking about, I'm, my poem is of somebody who died where I'm talking, like I'm from the other side and they're talking about, Rex was talking about a buddy of ours that passed away and Slane was talking about one of his friends, but um, I'm in a music video that he did called do what you love and um we did like a ton of charity work like i met him not like before he was in recovery uh just at like hip-hop shows because like i would do poetry events i'd host hip-hop i'd perform it at some hip-hop shows locally and um when he got clean we crossed paths and he he knew like i was you know i'm obviously begging the recovery community out here and we we did like a couple charity events he had me host his um, one of his album release parties. We worked together for a period of time. And uh, he actually just he's in a partnership group that just opened up a detox and res Charles River recovery. Okay. Um, 
which is like 40, 30 minutes from where, where I am. So it's pretty cool to see the impact of like, you know, somebody I look up to him a lot as like a writer, as an artist. And, you know, that's like, he's like one of my brothers, you know, big yeah. brother. Yeah. <laughs> big I might have to sure. talk to that cat then, you know? Yeah. Pretty yeah. Tough, no, but... I'll, I'll connect you. But uh, yeah, no, Novak, I mean, that was cool because, you know, talked to him twice, first time yeah. like this via Zoom. And then uh, mm -hmm. to go, we actually at Castle Bam with him and Bam. Yep, and yep. God, I hope Bam is, is doing better, man. But, yeah. uh, but Novak, it, it's great that he took that. He's got a real charisma to him. And it's cool yeah. that he's turned that into a thing of, of helping others. I mean, mm -hmm. a, another guy I become friends with. Novak got him into treatment. Tim Lodgen, he's been here on yep. the podcast and 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 spoke with him on another one that uh, yep. that you also appeared on. And yep. it's just so cool how people that you know we're so fucking selfish in, in our using that we can't we can't get outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. That now to be able to turn that around into something and like just you had said this, and I believe it was the the conversation we had on the other podcast that I do. Just like. I wake up and aim to be a service. Yeah. You know, that's what I got. Yeah. But that's like, you know, the, the charisma that he brings, the inspiration. I remember when I was in high school and you'd bring in the dare speaker, it's like they'd roll him in a wheelchair and <laughs> talk about his 50 years of drinking. And right. we used to laugh like, oh, that'll never be me. That'll never be us. Where what's cool nowadays is you have like, you know, inspirational speakers like Novak going into schools, sharing with kids, trying to get them engaged. I know, you know, every time I try to talk to, to kids, you try to bring an element that like when I was in high school that they didn't have. Yeah. You know, everybody's falling asleep in the crowd to the guy that's not relatable that you can't connect with. But then you see somebody like Novak and he's like, yeah, you know, just breaking down all the achievements he has. And, you know, you can check everything that he's done still hit bottom and was able to bounce back. I mean, it's, you know, it's yeah. extremely inspirational and, you know, he's family to me. So yeah. I love him. Good dude. Good dude. Uh, mm -hmm. I hope, hope to see him again at some point. You said something earlier, interesting, Matt, you know, about, about that love and seeking love. Was mm -hmm. it hard for you? This was a challenge. This is one of the last challenges through the AA steps. I'm a 12 step mm -hmm. guy like you yeah. are was, I felt the presence of a higher power. I actually had a cool moment of spiritual awakening, but I still struggled in the aftermath that why would God love me? Do you find that with people that come into aftermath that they struggle with that component? And did you struggle yeah. with that? Yeah. I mean, there's this, I have some severe like survivor's guilt, survivor's remorse that like I've lost a lot of, my friends that I grew up with and, and why, why was I like spared a sacrifice and still here when like, you know, other others were not like, what, what was the difference between me and them that, that they ended up losing their life to this disease and yeah. somehow, some way I'm still standing here. And then I also try to use that as like the purpose. Like I try to carry the message, carry their names and everything that I do as a way to like, you know, make sure that they didn't die in vain. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times I feel like when we were, when we got into using, there wasn't education the way there is now, I'm not saying, you know, it doesn't matter. All the resources in the world could be out there. Addiction can still happen. But I feel like with Oxycontin, uh, in my generation of my group of friends in my area, it was like such a new wave and it came over so fast, spread like wildfire 
And like, I mean, it's been taking people out and people haven't been able to get out of the grips of it. Yeah. You know, I'm fortunate that I got, I got clean at, at a young age, but then I, I've watched so much death and destruction and like people that like genuinely wanted the help and, and they, they would have it and they had the knowledge. We just lost a buddy of mine, Danny Mack, that uh, like he could, he could recite the book and he was such an engaging, powerful speaker. And like, unfortunately, you know, the disease got to him. You know, he didn't start, stop taking care of himself, stop probably doing the things that, that he needed to. And, you know, the shit that's out there is no joke. I mean, it's something, you know, I always talk about when I was shooting heroin, I, I wanted to die every single night. I never feared that I was going to die right. with, with the dope that, that I used. Where nowadays, like, people are terrified to use because you just don't, it's, it's just, it literally is killing people. You know, at such a rapid pace, like it's 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 insane. It's like yeah. absolute insanity. Well, you know, the fucking fentanyl sneaking into everything, it, being split and cut, and you know, I mean, we see what here. I don't know about there, but definitely with the pills, you know, people getting M thirties and stuff, and and you know, people mm-hmm. are listening. Maybe aren't in the drug recovery mm-hmm. culture like you and I are, but yeah, they're these you know, getting these pressed pills, you know, someone's taking them, man. Cause some dude yeah. could be mixing it up in his fucking bath and, and oh, absolutely. Able to split and you get a hundred percent fentanyl. You're gone. Yeah. I mean, we, the, another buddy we lost that when they went, went through his room, there was no needle, no syringe, no straw, no rolled up dollar, dollar bill, nothing. And I come to find out he had popped one of those M thirties. That was a straight pressed fentanyl pill. And didn't make it, you know, like it's such a, a deadly, lethal chemical component mixture, whatever that like, you know, is serious repercussions when you're using it, yeah. you know? And it's like one of the most heartbreaking things about how like we're seeing a lot more alcoholics and a lot of it's because there's not a lot of people that are making it out from, from using fentanyl, you know? I mean, it's really ravaging the country. I mean, every single year, uh, the overdose deaths have increased. It's the number one cause in deaths in people from 18 to 35. Yeah. Like that's some serious, you know, that's a serious number right there. Yeah. You it's know? not, it's not car accidents. It's no, not, it's, you know, it's overdose deaths is the leading cause for death in young adults. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a, a, a heartbreaking, a mental health, issue that I, I don't have the solution to address, yeah. but I think the more we get it out there that like, you know, talk about your problems and yeah. it's, it's a good thing. It's a sign of strength, not weakness. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can come across th- that, and, you know, cause I don't know other than people that care cause our government ain't going to do it. For yeah. Us. The government doesn't, doesn't give a shit, but I do think like my father and then to me for, for an extent when I was younger, we're taught to man up and not express feelings. Like my father only now in his late, in his sixties is starting to express himself a little bit softer than than his entire life. But like, as men, we're not told to talk about our problems, that it's a sign of weakness when actually it's like a sign of strength that you're not holding on to it. You're not bottling it up that, you know, you can talk about having weak moments or or feeling like, you know, being able to express whatever it is that you're going through. Yeah. I think if we can continue that, conversation of, of allowing us to be vulnerable, weak and emotional at moments or whenever 
and pass that down to like our kids that, so they're not scared of being like, hey, you know, I'm feeling like this where you're going to be shamed and told to man up, you know, yeah. don't cry, don't show your feelings. Like, you know, we need to raise, you know, kids that are better in tune with their emotions. Yeah. They don't have to seek that that substance, drinking or drugging to kind of numb whatever emotion that they were dealing with the way, you know, I did when I was younger. Yeah. And for me, fell in later and, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and when we to give context, we don't mean come home and show your emotion. Oh, the day was fucked. And as I know, maybe come home to the significant other and hopefully yeah. you have a relationship environment, because this is something you should question. If you don't, if you're in the right place, you come home and just be, man, I had a tough day at work. You know, the boss is grinding me. I felt like I was overachieving, whatever it is, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, man, a friend of mine is sick and. Mm-hmm. you know any of that kind of stuff yeah, it's just, sad it's, over it yeah it's important it's okay mm-hmm. to go like man i'm sad my energy isn't there it's okay to have these things yeah. <laughs> we, we don't mean be a raging dick about it no but, no no but express no. it <laughs> yeah in a healthy we need to learn how to express these emotions and feelings in a healthy manner yeah. <laughs> not outbursts yeah you know? what, which is hard to learn what exactly that is but yeah you got, you got to work it to figure mm-hmm. it out you the know. girl, it's you know, everything's a process. Nothing, you know, takes time, takes learning, yeah. finding the different skills on how to cope and deal with different things. Yeah, which can be a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely uh, some challenges on on the way to figuring some things out. St- I still haven't figured everything out. Uh, you know, <laughs> do we do we want to though? No, no. Right to figure everything out would be a boring life. What what else are we living for? You know, there's got to be some tweaks and and things that we can work on. You know, I I want to ask because you've got some good longevity with with mm-hmm. new people that come into the program. Do they get thrown off? Because I'm starting to get lately a lot of dudes like, "What does this AA saying mean? What does this one mean?" You know, mm-hmm. as simple as one day at a time. I broke it mm-hmm. broke it down for a dude in my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have some of the newcomers kind of hitting you up about some of that stuff or the people in, in the aftermath? Uh, I mean, sometimes, sometimes people, you know, they question why certain things are the way they are or certain approaches are, or, you know, they get overwhelmed when you start, especially like with alcoholics that, that I've been seeing lately. I like a lot of first or second time in treatment, still struggling with the idea that they're an alcoholic and, you know, they're like, I'm never going to be able to drink ever again. And you're just like, nah, man, keep it in the day, you know, just just make it through the day one day at a time, you know, and you build on those little victories and then you achieve, you know, something more and don't try to look too far ahead because it's overwhelming. I got a I got got a pal of mine. Um, He's struggling, but his significant other doesn't want to like hear it. It, Mm -hmm. It's this perspective of, oh, just stop. You'll be fine. And it's like, oh, if it was only that easy. Right. How do you combat that stuff? I'm kind of seeking advice for him, maybe to drop him this. Um, I mean, sometimes you have to look at the relationship. A lot of our friendships and relationships are developed on that connection of drinking. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, people grow apart. Friends grow apart. uh, Significant others grow apart. And maybe um, somebody has to take a look that if, if, if drinking has become such a problem, and you're not necessarily getting that support, you know, if they're still, are they still actively drinking too and still partying, but expecting your friend to stop or, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean that, you know, if you're trying to stay sober and you come home to a girl that's still drinking, partying and being around that lifestyle, that's something that's really hard. It's not a very healthy environment if you're trying to better your life. It's a good path to falling off real quick. Yeah, like, I mean, imagine, you know, all it takes is one bad day, a fight with your boss, and you come home and your girl's there drinking and you just, you know, you get a case of the fuckets and, you know, you just grab that bottle and, you know, wash away whatever time that you've gained. You know, it's really difficult and toxic settings like that. Yeah, because I I think one uh, one thing that really was important to examine, and I know you went through it, too, was realizing the snorting of other people. Mm -hmm. You know, that that codependency. I mean, some of us just do. And there's some people that that's all it is. Like you wonder, like, wow, her her this man or woman was in this relationship. We recently had this in the news with two celebrities. Yeah. seems like a terrible, toxic place, but there's yeah. something about that process of the activation of flight or fight or flight mode and mm-hmm. kicking our serotonin and dopamine. And we confuse all this horse shit with with love mm-hmm. and it ain't fucking yeah. love. It's just no, not at all. Norton people, man. And I mean, some people like that, they were raised in chaos. So yeah. being in chaos, chaotic situations like that is something that as sick as it sounds is like normal to some people like without that toxicity you know sometimes people can't be in the mundane relationship that like everything is going nice they need to stir the pot you know drop a turd on a pillow (laughs) you know i mean you know who doesn't come home you know hey i need to spice things up you know let me draw (laughs) and take a shit on somebody's pillow it's fucking wild it it was a it was a grumpy matt that was it was the dog (laughs) it's a a grumpy a fucking uh, but no. that's but that's the thing like we grow up a lot of times in like chaotic situations yeah. like i've always i've struggled significantly with love like i i have never really seen like a, a healthy normal relationship and then i look back at my years of trying to trying to date or figure out what is love and who i'm with and like all i see is the same cycle repeating itself and you know it stems a lot from like what we were raised in and when you're raised in you know unhealthy relationships like sometimes you know the abandonment issues kick in you latch on you know as bad as it may be the fear of going out in the world and finding somebody else keeps you in situations that you're not happy in and then you know that misery is it's like a comforting misery that you're just you know you're attached to and then that fear of separating and then now you have to stand on your own and who are you as a person if you're not with you know married to this girl or or in a relationship with this guy like who are you when you stand on your own too you know it's it's very difficult especially when you put sick individuals like all of us (laughs) and you're like hey be you know do the american dream marriage big house white picket fence and and raise healthy children you know yeah doesn't always come you know out how the American dream has been portrayed to us since we were kids. Yeah. And there definitely is that thing, that fantasy mindset that is I mm-hmm. thrown out there that us addicts got a ditch because mm-hmm. we lived in so much of a fucking haze yeah. of a, a, a lack of reality for so damn long. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Uh, Matt, we're going to finish up with some uh, fun, random questions and leave okay. you with the final words. Uh, tell people how to hit you up and I'll include the links in the podcast description. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Matt Gannum, the poet on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Gannum underscore poet. 
Um, the treatment center that I own is Aftermath Addiction Treatment Center. Um, on Twitter, it is Aftermath, at Aftermath TC. On Instagram, it's at Aftermath underscore treatment. Um, yeah, look for the Phoenix. Um, you know, I, I we have a very good uh, quality uh, brand that, that pops and has some very sentimental meaning in the name and and. You know, Phoenix is a writer. I write a lot using the metaphor rising out of the ashes of an addict. Reborn is a phoenix from the fire. Like I use, you know, those type of metaphors a lot. So having like the phoenix as the logo of the treatment center was like, you know, it just like came to me. I had to I had to put it up there, you know. The, I love it. This 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 one. Uh, I, can't even, I don't know that you can see that. That's my my pirate uh, uh, yeah. in a bird. But this was going to be a phoenix. But the design. Mm-hmm that the tattoo artist and I had because I got shit on my shoulder on my left yeah. shoulder wouldn't fit. So that'll yeah. be reserved for the right arm yeah. with the Phoenix. Cause that, uh, that gave me chills. I'm kind of with you on that. With yeah, Phoenix, man. Coming out of the ashes, you know, shitty situations as, as an addict or an alcoholic, you know, we're shedding that dead skin of, of our active use and reborn as a new person in sobriety. Uh, you know, the metaphor runs deep for, for what, what we do at aftermath, you know, absolutely. 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up. There's a special deal for listeners of Knocking Doors Down. Go to 5150LTM.com and enter code KDD20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51FIFTYLTM.com. All right, Matt. Uh, let's jump into those random questions. Yep. Um, if you could have dinner with any one person alive or not, who would it be? Damn. Alive or not. Could I do both? Somebody sure. who's alive and somebody who's dead. All right, go ahead. I, throw, throw a dinner party. I, I would love to sit down with Tupac. Yeah. Tupac's like my favorite writer and the emotion um, and all that comes with it. And then a person that's alive, I would it'd probably be Jay-Z. I'd, be I'd like to have a conversation um, just on how he's been able to adapt to his circumstances coming from where he came from to get to where he is and evolve as an artist. So I think that would be a cool, two cool conversations, even though Tupac hated Jay-Z. But. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him to break bread on this. Yeah, one, yeah huh? exactly. Exactly. Uh, you're stranded on a deserted island. You got one mm. movie and one music album with you. What are they? Mm. Movie would be. Probably Good Will Hunting. I watch that whenever. Um, and then for album would be It's Dark and Hell is Hot. That's funny. I posted something the other day on my story. I said where it was, uh, do you like apples? How about them apples? Yep. Yep. I love Goodwill. Hunting. No, I, lo- I love that movie. I mean, what ha- there's like a bunch that come to mind. Like I'm a big Marvel fan and, and Star Wars. If I could get a whole collection, it probably would have went to one of them. But, you know, yeah. I'm going to rock with a classic. 
I'm with you on Star Wars. One of my things, um, my previous sponsor, he goes, what did you love to do as a kid? And I'm like, uh, ride, ride my bike, this. And I go, mm-hmm. I'd love to build Legos. And he goes, all right. And he sent me a gift card. So now I've got two bookshelves full of Star Wars and race car <laughs> uh, Legos. So, hell yeah. You how'd, you like Obi- how'd you like Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan was fucking dope, man. Oh, it was so sick. I loved it. The scene with Vader. I mean, that, t- you know, that tugged on my heartstrings. You know, yeah. they're two great actors and like. I wish we could get more, even though I don't you can't you can't play anything else out between them two. I, yeah, I wonder because I read some rumor about that. They were going to do a second season, but I'm like, where do you go from that? You Why? can't have Vader in it like yeah. that is. I personally believe it's a perfect segue into A New Hope and, and where they are at that point. I don't think you can do too much after that, you know? Uh, if you were in a Star Wars movie or TV mm-hmm. show, would you play a Jedi or a Sith? Sith. <laughs> it's more fun, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, man. You know, I mean, peace, love, and happiness is the Jedi. And, you know, I probably try to figure out some, you know, weird way to gain power and, I don't know, sister, just cooler. Yeah. You know, I love Vader. Vader's my favorite character. And in, in any movie, um, his whole arc is, is yeah. pretty dope. So I, yeah. I think I'm going to have to rock with, with Sith on and that it, one. Uh, and the Obi-Wan series made me like the uh, episodes one through three even yeah. more. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it definitely. pulled me back in. Um, mm-hmm. All right. You brought up Marvel. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? so many of them to choose right probably fly yeah i think flying would be pretty dope just get where you want to go huh yeah you know don't gotta sit through tsa i'll <laughs> go up on an island i'll go shoot down to bora bora oh dude i'll go with you if you can yeah, carry that yeah, just carry a couple people you know yeah. get like something to, to latch on and we'll just you know we'll whip there real quick yeah, the, uh, my girlfriend and I, we did a vision board. And so for the mm-hmm. vacation, I got the the uh, the little huts over the water and Bora Bora. Yeah, That's this, the spot I want to go. Before I die, I want to make a trip out there because it looks so beautiful and peaceful. And there's nothing. It's like you have those little huts and you can just soak up, you know, just natural beauty, yeah. you know. Peace, oh, yeah. peace and quiet out there. It, at least that's the way it seems in pictures. <laughs> right. That's, that's what you they know? show on the reality it's, TV. They're show. real beautiful out there. So. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt, thanks, brother. Um, if you got any words you want to throw out to people, you know, f- through your experience, um, you know, floor is yours. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anybody that's out there struggling, you know, keep fighting, never give up. Uh, we all fall down. Don't get discouraged at yourself or beat yourself up when, when we have little slips. Uh, very few people actually get it in their first time. But the worst part, you know, is when you beat yourself up, you don't end up making it back. So I play in like a men's basketball league and, and we have a kid on our team that fell off, got into a bad car accident, faces all messed up. And we were trying to talk him into like going into detox yesterday. And it's like, you can tell sometimes the burden and the shame just like drives you away. And you're just like, yeah, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you don't do it. And then oh, another day or next week or Monday or, or on the first or whatever it is. And all of a sudden you're on like a five to six month run, creating even more wreckage where, you know, just put the bat down, stop beating yourself up, give yourself a chance, reach out to people that are out there asking for help. You know, I know it might not feel like it, but you deserve a far better life than, a, you know, revolving your 
waking second from using, from drinking, from lying, cheating, stealing. Uh, you don't have to live a life like that anymore. And, um, you know, just give yourself a shot. You know, life is a hell of a lot better on this side of things when we get to see things clearly, be present in our kids' life, have a good support network, great friendships that aren't based off of your drinking buddies or who can get the best dope or coke or who has money, um, you know, and do the things that you love to do. You know, recovery is a lot about hitting meetings, building a network, you know, finding the supports in every way, but find the things that you love to do on top of that. You know, like sometimes people get caught up and it's just meetings and meetings and meetings. And like, you know, you get meeting, you get meeting out really quick. Mm -hmm. So find some of the things that you love. You know, I'm blessed that, you know, my son's into like comic books and Star Wars. So we go see those movies. I play basketball, sports, you know, we get involved in a lot of like the recovery events out, out our way. So find things that you love to do, hiking, beach, you know, you still got to live your life and enjoy it and be happy, you know. That sadness, that hopelessness is too heavy of a burden to bear. So, This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knocking Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.